0: why is kendry Pires in london chelsea signed someone from brighton again and the forgotten man at cobham hello there guys what is going on daniel Childs? let's talk chelsea here a new show for tuesday the 20th of february 2024 another day closer to the cup final if you haven't seen my q a added time please go and check that out new series of that on a monday please go and check that out we we talked about some really interesting topics nicholas jackson sort of a nuance between criticizing the club's transfer strategy which we may do in this show but then also praising when things go well and and i thought there were some topics there that maybe we haven't covered in recent shows so please go and check it out like it and also you can interact with the show for next week if you want to submit questions so today's new show i think the best place to start is kendry payas a player that excites people about what he could become at stanford bridge and already what he has produced the Ecuador international apparently is in London again to train with Chelsea at Cobham this week as part of the club's development plan for him. Krendry will also be in attendance for the cup final on Sunday before heading back to Ecuador. Now, there's a lot of hyper-ampires and I'm a bit more hesitant about it, primarily because he's so young, ridiculously young, and he is moving country into a new environment where we have seen other players struggle under the weight of that expectation. And I do think social media doesn't really help in this aspect because you get these very flattering comps that are made that show a player at their best and make them out to be and look like the next Vinicius Junior, Kylian Mbappe, you know, the next world sensation we all dream that paez or any player that chelsea sign at that age could be that right and it's it's not to say that we don't want that to happen obviously we would love that to happen but i i do concern about the collateral damage it could have on a player and actually stifling their development and how actually you're going to put a player who is clearly very talented at a young age he's playing for his nation he's playing alongside Moises Caicedo he's getting a lot of praise clearly things he's doing as well at a senior stage at a very young age are impressive and that's why Chelsea invested in him but we're not getting him till 2025 so over a year until we see him at least at Cobham at least in a pre-season And God knows what Chelsea as a football club will look like in 2025. We don't even know what we're going to look like this summer. That's just the nature of Chelsea. But I also do want to give some praise to the club because I do think small things like this may not seem that relevant, may not be picked up. I actually hope that it's a really good strategy of trying to embed him at Chelsea that is clearly the, the reasoning behind it to try and make him feel like he's part of Chelsea and he, he hasn't just been forgotten elsewhere and then oh you'll come in in a couple of years and then you have to perform right now actually trying to appreciate the differences in culture the differences in you know language as well he's probably gonna have to learn English you know he's gonna have to learn about the culture and at a young age too even in a couple of years he's still gonna be a relatively young player even with the young squad we have currently and and I like the fact that they are trying to get him involved within the environment to make him feel like a Chelsea player already. So then hopefully by the time he does make that move, he's had a couple more trips under his belt, and it doesn't feel like such a culture shock because that's the, that's the fear with these young players. It is the it's the com it, it's the combination of when you're signing a player from another country that always is a factor. But then also I, I think what's more important here is the youth regarding this player and the expectation level from some Chelsea fans already online who are so hyped for him that they think literally he's he's the next um as I say the next Vinicius Junior I'm not going to say the next Lionel Messi because I don't think we're ever going to see that again but you know the next world star and I I just think that's unfair to put on his shoulders so I like the fact that they're integrating him let me know your opinions on Paez Are, are you really excited for him do you think he could be a really good signing or or just your thoughts on, on Chelsea doing this because maybe they haven't done it before with, with previous young players that they've bought and, and actually it could have helped. We've still got a while to go until we see Kendry Pires put on a Chelsea shirt officially. Next, Chelsea. Well, it's a, it's a day that ends in white. So Chelsea have bought someone from Brighton again. And this time it's Sam Jewell who's accepted an offer to join the club. This is from David Unstein from The Athletic. The 34-year-old has resigned from the South Coast Club and is now expected to start in a global role ac- across Chelsea's owners' multi-club model around November of this year after serving his notice period. He follows predecessor Paul Wynn Stanley, who also swapped Brighton for Chelsea 16 months ago. It's also referenced in his piece, something we spoke about last week on Let's Talk Chelsea, which was Josh Marsh, the loans manager, and actually why I think that would be a good move and important move. So please go and check that show out last week if you haven't already. And Marsh, along with Jewel, will be um, basically looking towards and reporting to co-sporting directors, Win Stanley and Laurence Stewart. The The sporting director sort of chaos that continues and the too many cooks in the kitchen. And then also it feels like we are just dealing with a very small pool of talent and maybe people that know each other already. That's not abnormal. That's not abnormal in, in industries generally. Like seeing people move from one company to a, another in a senior role and then they bring people who they worked with successfully before. As I say, that's not freakish. I'm not saying that's a bad thing for Chelsea or that's like something we, we're doing out of the norm. It just again, it kind of feels like we're we're consistently going back to the same well without maybe understanding why that club was successful beyond just individual talent. And the multi-club thing is just not that important to me. I have to be honest. I mean, maybe it is to you. Maybe you see something that is going to actually improve Chelsea in the long term. I just don't think it's that relevant spe- specifically to Chelsea and specifically to, you know, what I care about as a, as a supporter. And as I say, you may disagree with that. I think it's quite relevant that in recent weeks there's been discussions and and articles written about some of the city group satellite clubs and what we clubs uh being that girona who of course have had incredible season in the league but then on the other side of that i know daniel story wrote a piece for the eye talking about uh troyes who you know very much feel in in sort of their their support or anger and frustration over a lack of identity and that identity being taken away because of being part of a a bigger city group that um Strasbourg comes to mind. You know, when I think of Strasbourg, when I think of their fan reaction to the takeover and, and being a part of Chelsea's multi club model, it feels more like that than, unfortunately, the the, the great story of, of Girona in, and, of course, a league of this season who are competing with the likes of Barcelona and Real Madrid at the top of the league. And I think that's the thing about this multi club idea and model. I, I don't see how it radically improves and, and fixes the issues. And, and I think just adding more more cooks into the kitchen and then actually putting them in a part of the kitchen that actually isn't a relevant part of our frustrations at the moment. I don't see how recruiting or buying another satellite club makes Chelsea's recruitment strategy any better. Uh, but I- I'm happy to be proven wrong as I spoke about yesterday. You- you've got to give praise to the signings that have worked and-, and that was very evident on Saturday with some of the big performances. Uh, but this is, not- this is still not really clarifying my personal frustration of kind of a sole sporting director. I mean, Man United, I gave them praise for the Dan Ashworth thing, but it's quite clear that Newcastle were clearly digging their hills in and are happy for him to stay on gardening leave for an extended period of time. But I still think Dan Ashworth, even if it is several months down the line, will prove to be probably a good sporting director, unfortunately, for Man United. And I still think that that's where my key frustration with Chelsea is. Let me know your thoughts in the comments below. Finally, it's about a name that I haven't uttered in a show for a very long time and that is Malang Saar. Simon Johnson wrote this piece for The Athletic today which is about Malang Saar basically being Chelsea's forgotten man and that he has an anniversary coming up on March the 12th but he probably won't be celebrating it because it's a year since the former French under-21 international played a competitive game. He was on loan at Monaco from Chelsea and was booked during a 1-0 home defeat. Little has gone right for him since, and friends apparently have told the Athletic that they are worried about him and never seen him as down as this. I think more damning and and kind of really paints the picture of a player feeling isolated and, and being treated like that at Chelsea is someone who doesn't even have a first team locker. He's training with the under 21s. He was told very quickly in the summer after a potential loan move, I believe it was on deadline day to La who I think Sam Johnson uh, reports on here oh sorry, at the start of this month, prompting angry accusations from the League One club of Chelsea's conduct. When news broke of the moves collapse, Chelsea fans took to social media to mock the defender, comparing him to Winston Bogard. But now, of course, he has no future at Chelsea. He's not in the first team plans and he's been banished to to the reserves. Now, it's very easy, I think, for people to mock and to deride and to criticize and also look at the wage that Melang Sar is on when he signed that five-year contract back in the summer of 2020 and go where you know smallest filing ever but there is a mental toll here there is just that fear of a player not really being given the chance to revitalize his career and that was probably the hope when he moved to Chelsea. It was an ambitious move at a young age to to try and make something at Chelsea and, and to become a, a player at a higher level. It hasn't worked out for him. It doesn't, you know, that's not abnormal. That's not an embarrassment. That's just the way it is. He hasn't worked out at Chelsea. But I was watching Sunderland till I die and, and, and I believe there was one of the players on there, Patrick Roberts, I think it was, who was originally a, a Fulham Academy product who then went to... Uh, Man City and was basically loaned out for years part of them what we club model but he was loaned out over and over again lacking purpose lacking ambition until he finally found his feet at Sunderland and and found some purpose again and reading the story kind of it's it's quite ironic that I watched the show so recently is that you know Sar kind of maybe fits into that category of of now feeling like a lost player and um, I don't think it it reflects that well on the club to be honest um, in, in terms of wanting to get those players out of the dressing room, wanting to get those players to a place where maybe they can have a successful loan. And then, of course, you part ways permanently in the summer. And I hope for Sa's sake, he can go away and make something of his career. I, I don't think it's the nicest situation to hear about that he he kind of feels that disconnected from the club. You know, I was speaking earlier in the show about Kendry Pires. You want to make those players feel welcome at the club. You know, Saar, Came in, and and I think there was always it was always for me at the time. I know maybe we look at the Chelsea recruitment model now, but that when when Chelsea signing, you could probably find a video when I spoke about Malang signing for Chelsea. It was that long ago, twenty twenty. I always felt it was maybe a low risk signing. It was a win win situation. Do you get a profit from the player, or maybe they become a first team, and maybe maybe they become someone a little bit more important to your first team squad? And and there were there was a very brief period in the 21-22 season under Thomas Tucker, when we had a ton of injuries, particularly at left back with Ben Shearwell, where Sam maybe could have become that player and he got some praise, but it became quickly evident after some horror show performances that he just wasn't to the level. Then you part ways with him or you get him alone or you try and make the situation work. It's a shame that it's come to this, but but that's what it is. But I wanted to speak about it because, you know, I think it, it, it reflects how, you know, some of these moves and I do fear and it, it does link to me with, you know, the consistent stockpiling of these young players currently. And of course, not all of them are going to make it. And that's always a refrain when anyone tries to call for more academy involvement, right? But it's the same with, with signings. And I just don't think it reflects very well if, if those players are consistently finding themselves isolated in these situations. And uh, I thought it was a good piece. So I'll link it down below. Please go and read it from Simon Johnson because it kind of shows you how how quickly things can change in football. Thank you so much for taking the time to watch this show. If you're a Chelsea fan and you want more carefree content, please do hit that subscribe button. Really helps the channel out as well as the like button and sharing it around with friends so more people can get involved in the community. And you can follow Son of Chelsea across socials at Son of Chelsea on TikTok, on Instagram and on X. Thank you. Podcast Network.